a Lifetime original podcast. To get us in the Janet Jackson mood. My favorite part of that song is edit four, three, two, one. We need a chicka moment. That's you know? cute. Chicka. Can you imagine? <laughs> Hey y'all, welcome to a special episode of The Table is Ours, the podcast where we talk all things Black. That's Black music, Black legends, and in this very special episode, all things Janet. This week, we are honoring the iconic and legendary Janet Jackson, alongside the premiere of her new documentary special, airing tonight, January 28th, 8, 7 central, only on Lifetime and A&E. I'm here with my marvelous co-host, Kirby Dixon. Hello, Miss Marvelous. Marvelous. <laughs> now, if Kirby were a Janet song, mm. she's going to be mad at me because she knows it's predictable, but I don't care. I know exactly what you're going to say. Go ahead, girl. I know you know what I'm going to say. It's Rhythm Nation. Oh, I'll take that. That is not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> it's Rhythm Nation. Rhythm Nation has, like, the best dance number of all time. It's an iconic staple dance number that so many people have pulled from. Like, you are the blueprint, baby. Rhythm Nation. Listen, I appreciate that. I will I will be the blueprint. I will be the choreo. Mm-hmm. I will be the leather hat. Thank you, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am so happy she didn't know what I was going to say this time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. You got me. And y'all know who that is. That is my oh-so-stunning co-host, Miss Amira Lawali. Hey, y'all. And if Amira were a Janet song, mm-hmm. she would be, What have you done for me lately? Dun, 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 dun. Ooh, Ooh, yes. That's what she would be. You're because right. it's just time. Like, you give so much you're so giving to other people, and it's time to take and like take that energy back. Like, what have you done for me, baby? What have you done for me? You are right. What are they doing for me? <laughs> Honestly, okay, now this took me down a different Janet rabbit hole. If there was a Janet song that would be your like soundtrack for life, yeah, what would it be? Like, which song should we sing as you enter into the room? My personal soundtrack or the song I like the most? Let's just do a song, a Janet song that you feel is iconic and you love. And if this was the only song you were able to listen to for the rest of your life or the song that everyone plays when you walk in the room, like your mean girls moment, you walk out the car, you get out the convertible, you get out the Tesla with the butterfly doors and what's that song? Okay, see, this is hard. I hear you, but I know this week the song that was closest and nearest and dearest to my heart was a combo between her and Michael, and it was Scream. Like, everything oh, I yeah. did this week made me want to scream mm, and break yeah. out into choreo and wear my messy hair and just say, F it all, to the entire world. I agree with you, but I only agree with you. I see you, girl. I see, I see your energy. You know they actually have a clip of, like, them making that song in the documentary. Do they? Yeah. Okay. okay I saw okay. it online. But, here, but here's the tea. It. Here's the tea. I don't know if it's true. I was reading a New York Post article uh-huh. sent by our producer uh-huh. in which she says that they actually tried to keep her and Michael separate in that mm-hmm. video. And she was most excited because she was like, oh, my God, it's like old times. Michael and I dancing together. 
but they tried to keep them and filmed them completely separate for almost the majority of the entire video and then brought them back together. But it was literally Michael's response to all of the allegations that he was getting. And it was Janet's way of being like, I'm with you, bro. Like, it was not her trying to go against him, but it was like, I got your back. I am your little sister. I'm with you. Yeah. And let's just, like, say, stop pressuring me. Like, we want to make me want to scream. But I don't know what's true. Like, I hope the documentary goes into that because I'm like, I don't know. Like, were y'all together? Were you not? Were y'all beefing? Were y'all not? Like, what was happening? Who knows? Because you know siblings be tussling. We tussle. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's a clip of them, like, writing the song. See, yes. Give it all to me. It's all for you, okay? It's all for you, Jan fans. I can't wait. You know what? This is coming out this Friday, and there's supposed to be a blizzard. I'm going to get my blizzard gear, stay inside, and bench the stock. It's going to be so easy. All right, so what's your Janet? What's your Jan fan blizzard winter wonderland gear? What's your What's your starter kit? Starter kit. I'm going to get two bottles of wine, mm-hmm. a little Prosecco. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get tons of popcorn. Mm-hmm. I'm going to order in. I don't know what it's going to be yet. I'm going to dress up for my living room, okay? Yes. She is going to inspire me to dress up so I can sit down. I don't know what I'm wearing yet, but it's going to be cute. Listen, ain't nothing better than a black woman in some leather. Like some leather. Leather and a red lip. Mm Mm-hmm. Janet starter pack. I'm with you. What's yours? Girl, the same. (laughs) Are we? Am I she? Is she me? Uh, (laughs) Yes. Are we the drama? We are the drama. We Um, are the drama. But I'm with you. I'm with it. That means Friday is going to be a great day. Friday is going to be epic, just like this docu-series. That's going to be awesome. Point blank, period. Cannot wait. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, Amira and I love Janet. Or Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. And we be nasty. (laughs) (laughs) And so does our guest this episode. We had the ultimate fangirl chat with Rolling Stone writer Miss Brittany Spanos about the life and legacy of Miss Janet Jackson, y'all. Yes, she is a legit professional on all things pop. Brittany Spanos is an experienced writer and journalist in television, magazines, and newspapers, where she covers music, fandom, pop culture. And as a staff writer of Rolling Stone, she is the resident Janet expert. We are so excited for this special episode in honor of the Lifetime and A&E documentary special. So all my Janet fans, let's get into it. Hello. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. Nice. nice to meet you too. We love who we're talking about today. So we're very excited that we're all in, <laughs> in a certain place of love for Janet. And I think the best first question, the best way to start that is, what is your go-to Janet song that instantly, mm-hmm. boom baby, boosts your mood? <laughs> <sighs> 
gosh I mean she's such a chameleon and so she perfectly captures so many great situations you know like I feel like there's a good Janet Mm -hmm. song for almost any moment in life she's been able to move throughout the industry and through like different trends so easily while still maintaining like the Janet-ness of it all I would say all for you era I really started to formulate my own pop taste and so I think that one being played on MTV as it was and oh yeah like that that song in particular all for you and someone to call my lover are two songs love them (laughs) that era is so good and it's just like so I mean it's such a great pop era I mean I'm like also I grew up on a lot of classic rock and there's so many good samples on that album I was just like this is insane (laughs) that like like Carly Simon and Janet Jackson did something together (laughs) yeah and also just like as like an older woman in pop music that era just going well beyond the expiration date that the industry puts on women above the age of 35 in music I mean it's just that era is a favorite of mine she just like looks amazing in every video it's Mm -hmm. yeah but someone to call my lover and all for you it's all for you for me as well. Like I think yeah. maybe the, I was at the age where I could finally kind of understand, like you're saying, it had such a big MTV and music video run. I remember learning the choreo and dancing in front of my mom's TV because I did not have a TV <laughs> in my room. When I think of her, that is the first big childhood memory I have of her. But also Amir and I have been going down memory lane today, listening to all the albums, yeah. all the music. And I think People throw out the name creative and genius a little far too often, but for her, it just sticks. Like you can just see the way she grows throughout her entire album where she's trying to like break into different genres and do what feels right for her in the moment. And I love when artists kind of take control of their own narrative and their own sound. And they're like, I don't care what you label think I should be doing. I'm doing this because it feels good to me. So Mm -hmm. she definitely is genius, creative, all of those good names when I think about it. The blueprint. Yeah. Literally. So Brittany, you are a staff writer at Iconic Magazine, Rolling Stone, and we heard that you're the resident Janet expert. Is that like a <laughs> self-made title? <laughs> Do your coworkers call you that? That's son of a fudge title to have in your office. Like what? Right? How did that happen? Like- I mean, I just scream about Janet a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, you know, especially with the coverage area of Rolling Stone is so much just about kind of classic artists, right? And like, mm-hmm. um, so intertwined with that. And I just feel like Janet as you know she is the queen of pop like sorry madonna but like (laughs) janet is much more a blueprint for so many artists and just in the way that we look at pop and pop choreography that is just so much what it is she deserves all the flowers and all the respect and all the accolades that we so easily give you know white artists from her era men from her era janet deserves it can we talk about that a little bit though Mm -hmm. like (laughs) one where did that passion and that like love of janet come from obviously you're saying you knew about her as you were growing up and seeing just the way in which she moved throughout the industry. But like, where did that love come from and how did it keep growing as she continued to grow in the industry? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's like a, a moment for me. I think I've just always really been fascinated by her. I've always really loved just like the eighties generally and her music from the eighties just is such the pinnacle for me all for you. when that came out and just like her presence in early 2000s pop culture it really molded a lot of the way I listen to music and what I love about music and Janet not only existing at that time and being as popular as she was still then, but like all those artists that I love 
they looked up to her like she was it for them and she was the person who was always cited and you know the blueprint like you said earlier it's just like she's the blueprint like she's mm-hmm. she is very much what we love about pop music and what we think about pop music and pop performance is Janet Jackson totally now that's it I mean she created such a path for women in pop music and how to age throughout it and to mature and to become an adult as a teen star living in the shadow of her brothers to releasing albums like Control and Rhythm Nation and then switching it up again and being like, okay, I'm like owning my sexuality. I am a woman who has feelings and a woman who is sensual and comfortable in that. That was such a big deal with her self-titled and then to continue just gracefully going through it. If you want to be a performer, like you better be studying Jack Jackson. You have to. There's a Rihanna quote where she's like, I am a black woman. I was raised by black women. I will have a black woman, blah, blah, blah. For me, it's like, I am a black woman. I see black women. I support black women. I love them. So to see a pop girly do what Mm -hmm. she does, who is black, super like in their sexuality, in their femininity, will be whoever they are and just be super proud of it. Like the strength she had, I was like her. It is her. The Supreme. Yeah. The Supreme. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I feel the same way as you. I think I've always had kind of this natural inclination and love for the Jackson family, period. And then Janet, the girl that stood out, that just broke away and had respect for her brothers, but like kind of formed her own path and decided, I want to go on music because I want to go into music and I love this, not because I'm being forced to. And even like looking at old clips of her and her talking about how she was like a tomboy And then how you, like you said, beautifully grew into like her own sensuality and her sexuality on her own time and so gracefully did it in an industry that is not so kind as we saw and we see every day. Just a force of nature. Like when you have that as an archetype and as an example, you can do no wrong. Like where do we go next? The sky is the limit. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think what is interesting about Janet, and not just about Janet, but the doc that's coming out, is that she's always been so private. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It feels like a choice, and that's fine. I feel like all the fans have respected it for years. And I was just wondering why she chose now to share her story, because this is her story in her own words, following her for five years, the most intimate experiences that she wants to share with us. So why do you think now is the right time? I think there's a lot, there's a lot of, good timing around it. I think in the last five years, especially, we've seen a change in opinion of what happened at like the Super Bowl, the way that ruined her career, the way that completely shifted how we consumed Janet, how Janet was, was sold to the masses and like the way that it just really wrecked her. And obviously she could not have foreseen even more so what happened in the last two years of that really coming down to like, oh, we were wrong for the way that we treated Janet. Yeah. Right. And she was the one breaking down that barrier, that gate and being like, here, come into my life. Like, you know, that is her sort of having that control in that way of being like, 
I am letting you in at this point in my life. I don't think there's any other era where I think she would have felt comfortable. It would have been right for her to give that sort of insight into who she is as a person. I think it's a lot of taking back and reclaiming a lot of narratives around her. Very good timing for the documentary to come out where we like are having this conversation now and very honestly. And, you know, I think there's obviously been a lot of stuff coming out about Michael, of other documentaries about her brother. And I think because of the family connection and because of the way, again, like, what he's done and what you know what he's been accused of and like what her family has gone through has fallen on her a lot and has has affected her a lot over the course of her career I think this is really her way of kind of giving that space to be like here's my story disconnected from my family from the name and here's just Janet and also she's sort of like come she's you know she's been celebrated for like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inducted her um, almost like two or three years ago Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of legacy making and long overdue sort of legacy making where she's seen as not just another one of the pop girls but as the pop girl who like we're need to celebrate and look at as the foundation for everything yeah I think it's really interesting because it's like what do you do next when you've done it all right like you have the albums you have the fame you have the gravitas and now it's like okay what's next for me it's taking control of a narrative that has been exploited for years Mm -hmm. and saying it in my own words and shout out to lifetime for like giving her the space to be as yeah and annie (laughs) you're right (laughs) to be as vulnerable as she wants to be to me like the jackson family the jackson story has to be held with white gloves mm-hmm. and the only person that would be able to do that is someone from the Jackson family themselves so like I'm really really proud that we get to help her tell this story mm-hmm. and that we like are living in an era where we get to see this come out on television I'm just super stoked for it in the same vein of that so Amir and I started to look back on old interviews and one of the things that I noticed is that Janet from a very young age during her interviews at one point was extremely vulnerable Like, if you asked her a question, she would answer it. It wouldn't go into extensive detail, but she really didn't hold back talking about her life and her career and her family life and her family career. And throughout the ages, in the way that the media treated her, it seemed like she started to kind of get more of this shy persona and hold back on how much she would let the public in. So I want to ask you, in what ways do you kind of feel like, as a media personality, the media's critique of Janet and the Jackson family kind of played a role in this privacy that she now exhibits. Yeah, she's always been under such intense scrutiny from the time she was a kid. She's talked openly about issues with the way people looked at her body and the way she was told to lose weight, to be on television, told that she was Mm -hmm. too big. And this is a skinny kid. Like, it was like insane that people were telling her to do this. You know, of course, the Jacksons have had like a a lot of of issues family-wide with sort of, altering their faces to kind of fit into white structures of beauty. So many Black artists were told that they were not accessible or attractive to general audiences with the idea that general audiences are only white audiences. And, uh, you know, of course, coming from the Motown machine and the way, again, like Black music feeling and being marketed as separate as something that needs to be segregated well past you know right (laughs) well past the 60s you know that was going into the 80s really like MTV wasn't playing black artists until Michael started to really blow up I cannot fathom the mental toll that that had on a young woman like Janet those issues the way people ask questions and interviews from like 70s through like a decade ago oh my god insane to me (laughs) so ridiculous so awful (laughs) how dare you I'm like where is your coof I 
would also not give interviews. Like I would be like, no, thank you. Um, I would close off too. And, you know, I I think it was just really, really hard for her as the baby sister to climb out of that shadow and be able to express her art without having to constantly be asked or apologize for or defend or like, you know, have to also like celebrate her brothers. Like it couldn't just be Janet. It couldn't be... Mm -hmm. Janet is doing this interview about Janet's project. It's about Janet, the sister of the Jackson Five, the sister of Michael Jackson, is doing this interview to talk about her project that she happens to be doing along with being related to the rest mm-hmm. of the Jacksons. I can see why that would take a toll because, you know, Control came out when she was pretty young, but she had a whole career. <laughs> she was like a really deep into her career by then. She's right. been on TV since she was a little kid. She's released other albums prior to to control being that big breakthrough and that moment of like reclamation and people sort of looking at Jen in a new light. But yeah, I mean, and just questioning, you know, every question was just so gross. Like, and it's also just of the time. The way people like talked about her appearance and how beautiful she was. Like, do you know that you're beautiful? Like what? Yeah. Don't, don't talk to her about that. That's, you know, that's not you. You're not on a date with Janet Jackson. Like, <laughs> like, was that you shooting your shot in the eighties? Like, you're just some guy with a microphone. I mean, that's just such a, of the time. And unfortunately, Janet wasn't the only female artist dealing with this. It just becomes like, okay, well. I guess I'm just going to have to be like weirdly like objectified by people who I really want to take my art seriously and will not have a conversation with me about what I'm trying to express. Yeah. Brittany, I have a little bit of a side question for you Mm -hmm. based on as a journalist, right? And a journalist for a publication like Rolling Stone and being a journalist of color and being a woman journalist of color. Do you kind of feel a sense of responsibility in your field to make sure that you are taking care of and bringing integrity to the stories that you're telling when talking to our icons. Like, what does that look like for you when you're setting up those interviews? And question B is if you had the opportunity to ask Janet any question in the world, what do you think you would want to ask her? Uh, for question B, I honestly have no idea. Like, I, I feel like I would just cry. I need, like, time. I need, I need to cry. I would ask for a hug. <laughs> relatable I feel like I have so many questions for her and I can't even think of just one right now like my head is like jumbling through every album (laughs) I think there's a lot to be celebrated with her artistry and I think I would want to know about kind of the making of the legacy and whether she feels like she's getting the respect that she deserves as an artist who broke as many barriers as she did but as for the first question like I yeah, I mean, that's a thing I think about every time I enter an interview, especially an interview with a Black woman. I mean, I interview so many Black women for the cover of Rolling Stone. And as one, like, I know that a lot of these artists have not been interviewed by uh, other people of color, let alone a Black woman for a major yes, magazine. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, I think in some way, <laughs> like, reflect back to them something that allows them to feel comfortable and allows them to feel like they can have the safe space where they're able to express what they want and I I hope and I feel like it comes across in the stories that I've written for Rolling Stone but I do think about that all the time because I do you know especially if it's an artist you know I think with newer artists and because of sort of changing conversation in journalism it's a little bit different than when I started a decade ago where a lot of I literally was told by artists they're like oh I have never been interviewed by a black woman before <laughs> like this is so exciting all the time it's wild we get that too like it's well someone will hop on a call and be like oh i did not know i was talking to you two black women and we're like hey girl 
Yeah. No. You just see the sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a hug over Zoom. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's a trust there. It's a trust, and you know, I think you know again, like there's. I have a job to do, right? Like at the end of the day, I still have to do a job. I have to write a story. I have to write the yeah. the best possible version of the story. And I think I consider myself to be someone who has a lot of empathy in my journalism because I do think that the rich and famous, you have to like kind of look at it and be like, okay, the problems are a little bit different, but at the same time, there are a lot of industry issues and ingrained issues that well, these artists have been dealing with their entire lives that I have to take into account and I think that I am a little bit more capable than a white man in most of these situations but that's real you aren't talk it talk <laughs> talk do you think and I mean I feel like you don't know this answer compared to other people in her industry of her caliber do you think that she's gotten more critique because she is a black woman yes I feel like they just look at us with a different it's different standards and it's a different level yeah I mean I you know I, I think that, again, the fact that it, it, the conversation about Janet's impact on pop music is not as obvious to a lot of people is a big issue. I'm going to use Britney Spears as a good example of this. Britney Spears, as a pop star in her, in her era, mm-hmm. one of the biggest pop stars of all time, obviously, but like of the early 2000s pop stars, she's the biggest one, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone was so quick to be like, Britney is the daughter of Madonna in, in the pop sense. Like she is from this lineage. Britney Spears, every single interview that she has ever done has only cited Janet Jackson. Every single interview. Because Britney be knowing. Britney knows. Britney knows. Britney has been influenced by black icons for a long time. Period. She has. Yeah. She's the only person who will speak. And it was like, no, it was that black woman I saw that was so good that I wanted to mimic. Yep. Yeah. And it's insane to me because it's just like, I'm like, if you are even reading a thing that she said or listening to a single thing Britney Spears has said, she has literally cited Janet Jackson first. She is probably dancing with Janet Jackson on her Instagram right now. You know she is. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in like the Rolling Stone archives and everything and like every single interview of Janet. I look at like Lady Gaga and the Madonna lineage, of course, but like, and of course there is Madonna in the Britney sort of realm yeah yeah the realm and the the host of influence that she has but if you look at who she models herself after and the way that she dances she moves her body style dance yeah movement mm-hmm. the way she sings exactly that's a hundred percent janet that's a janet copycat yep. stage presence yeah and i'm like the fact that you're so willing to like block out what she says <laughs> about janet to go through hoops to connect her to the her white peer Yep. It's like insane to me. Yeah. Tumbling through hoops. It's uh that's one of the biggest examples, right? Because that always annoys me when people are just like, um, she's in the vein of Madonna. And it's like, no, she's in the vein of Janet. She, like, she's told you who she wants to be in the vein That is Janet's yeah. daughter. <laughs> she is she is a product of Janet. Like that is absolutely a hundred percent an artist who has pulled from the Janet Jackson school of pop music. Like that is that's her. Yeah, I think there it's very easy for people to ignore that. And again, like we have this this like fucked up memory of who Janet Jackson is and like where she stands in our culture because of the controversies that again, if it were a white woman at the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, would not have um, ruined their career. And I'm sure it, I'm sure it would have had some effect because women in pop music at that time. Yeah, but Justin walked away unscathed. Justin walked away unscathed, but I do think it would have been much different if it were white women in that instance. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. So speaking of the Super Bowl moment, 
We're having an incredible dialogue about one of the greatest pop stars of all time. All time. And there's so many moments that I would love to see her talk about and explain from her perspective Mm -hmm. in this documentary. What are you most looking forward to and hoping that she kind of gives more context into from her career? I mean, that one I'm really, I'm I'm looking forward to, especially, I mean, there was the AFX documentary about it and it was just, you know, that was really great. So I'm kind of hoping we didn't obviously have a new interview with her about it, but I would love to hear her perspective on it. A lot of the 80s stuff I know is going to be a big part of it, just in terms of like having to break through so much of the, you know, insanity of how people like could just like could not see past her family or couldn't see past like anything else. Um, Mm -hmm. She's like, what she had to deal with, like, I'm very much ready to kind of hear that perspective from her and to like get a sense of who she was and what she really had to go through. I don't think a lot of people understand how difficult it was to be a Black artist and get any pop airplay. Don't understand what Black women in pop music were up against at that time because the ones that made it out are so mammoth. Like, you know, you have, you have Janet and you have Whitney and like, you know, you like, but it's just like the pool is still so small, you know, it's not like we can look at the charts right now and it's all, you know, the biggest songs of the last two, three years have been by black women, but that's no easy feat. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that was like a lot of barriers that people like, like Janet and Whitney had to really break down decades ago and had to fight against to really just, be respected on any level and so I think I think it's really hard again because these names are so big now and because they are instantly recognizable names the culture forgets how much they had to go through yeah it's easier to to forget what they were up against because they seem to rise to the top effortlessly I totally agree with that and that didn't exist before them like there was there was efforts made, but again, like music is still so segregated. I mean, it's not even <laughs> like that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> we'll have to bring you back for that. I one. know. The <laughs> whole other thing. I mean, genre, I mean, the very invention of genre is segregation. The idea that R&B and rock and roll, which were essentially two prongs of the same genre, literally only existed to make the Black artists who were making the same music as the white artists on different charts. That all still exists. And that all still exists. Because they knew we would outsing them, baby. They knew. We would outperform. We'd be winning. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, that's it's what Janet and, and Michael and her and their brothers like had to deal with at the time. But obviously, again, because you know, you have a brother who becomes the best selling artist of all time. <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah. it's a whole other host of issues that you now have to face. And the fact that she made it out on the other side with the music that she made it out with is like so extraordinary. I was watching yesterday the Allure magazine conversation where she was going through some of her greatest videos of all time. And then she's like talking about all these like different details that like we've never heard her speak about before. And Jenna is like talking about these things. She's like, oh yeah, that's from Mick Jagger. Oh yeah, that is from Diana Ross. Oh yeah. And I'm like, girl <laughs> just insane (laughs) amount of like just an an insane amount like arsenal to pull from I think that's really interesting too I also (laughs) want to hear about Janet the mother because I feel like we don't talk about that enough I would love to hear how she's kind of navigating motherhood and how that journey has been for her I hope she goes into that a little bit yeah I mean that's so private that I like forget very often that she has a young child same (laughs) same 
like, I get how it. Old is, how old is her baby now? Five, like, just turned five, right? Mm-hmm. I saw yeah, the I post. So. Blank post, no photo, just happy birthday. I said, you know what, Jana? I get it. Don't show us, yeah. baby. But to think of, like, the psyche of what they went through and, like, all the scrutiny that Michael received when his kids were young. I can't even imagine trying to, like, really unpack what childhood may have done. Yeah. And being in the public eye as, as young as they were. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm so hyped for this doc. I can't even contain my excitement. And you guys are just making me even more excited than I already was. We want to talk to you a little bit about, you've touched on it, but if you can consolidate the influence that Janet Jackson's career and music has had on Black culture, what what does that look like to you? Um. <laughs> I know. We could have had this entire conversation about this. It's a big question. A whole thesis. I mean... I think for, again, coming out of uh, an industry that, you know, again, is very segregated and wants to market Black artists one way, Janet proved that there's no one path to be a Black artist, to be a Black woman who makes music. She has done so many different things, worked with so many different people over the course of her career. There have been no limits to her creativity, to what she's wanted to explore. You know, I think of like, like a song like Black Cat, for example. Like she made a hair metal song, but she's Janet Jackson and it rules. Like (laughs) it rules. Like that song is so good. She could have made a whole hair metal album if she wanted to. And like, you know, she's, she's done so much in her career and she's refused to be boxed. Like she's jumped around from genres and like how she expresses herself fashion wise. I mean, she's someone who really there is no limit to what that is. And she also does it in a way where it's, there's no stunt to it. There's something really kind of pure about her artistic expression where it mm-hmm. feels very much like this is just the way that the creative wind has has blown her. Yes, this is her in that moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, she took a lot of risks that weren't chasing something bigger. I think there was, again, a, a really deep desire in her to just like grow as an artist and to break down those barriers and like think of like the big risk of of her self-titled album and of like making an album that's like so sexy after you've released multiple albums that have hit the top of the charts and created big pop singles and you're like actually I'm like gonna make a song that's just about like everything I want to do in bed with my partner like and yeah. make it really sexy and like if you don't want to hear it don't listen to it like mm-hmm. um that's you know that's just such a big deal and you know I think of like Rhythm Nation just how political that was like I mean to be again like a young black woman being like these are my politics this is like what I this is like my vision of of you know the world and like how I want to express it like that's a huge risk in and of itself it's so risky for artists like we still kind of look at an artist artistic expression of of their politics and of you know how they are kind of addressing and assessing the world around them to be a huge risk and um Janet did that very early in her career that was that was just like maybe this like we'll count that as like the second or third leg of like the Janet career like (laughs) that's so long ago at this point and yeah she's just like she just seems to really be a a person who knows what she wants and only does it when it feels right and I think that's so respectable and I think there are so many great black artists who have come from learning from her and have Mm -hmm. done the same thing. And I think we're all better for it. Yeah. Yes. Beautifully said. I see this documentary as a gift to us, the fans. I think the past two years, we've kind of, I think you said earlier, like re-evolved how we thought about Janet. Janet and Brittany and all women of pop. Do you think this is like, is like the final turn to finally be like, this is who I am. You didn't see me like that. 
yeah, I mean, that's been such a big theme the last few years. Like, I think of like the the Tina documentary that came out. Mm, um, yeah. Like, you know, we've had Tina's story has been told repeatedly, but to get it from the perspective of Tina herself, like that was way more fascinating to me than anything else that we've ever known about her. And, you know, you mentioned Brittany like that, like the way that we have finally really gotten to hear from her for the first time in 13 years. I think it's been really powerful to watch this happen in real time, um, especially for a lot of figures that I have grown up on, that we've all grown up on. And I think for Janet, especially, I think this is just going to be a really big opportunity to be like, okay, here's what you know, and here's what you don't take it or leave it. Like there's literally nothing for her to lose in making this. She's still Janet Jackson at the end of the day. I think there's everything to gain from this and to really allow people to get inside her mind. I think it's always a good opportunity for a new generation of fans to emerge, like hopefully kind of seeing the roads that she's paved for every artist that exists today. I just think she's such an important figure in pop culture and I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what she has to say. Yes. I'm so happy that we're now in this era where we're putting like the commentary back in documentaries and we're Mm -hmm. allowing our icons to really tell their stories in their narratives, in their own voices. And like Auntie Maxine said, reclaim your time, sis. Like (laughs) we want to hear your career and your life through your eyes. And I think like you said, Amir, like this is literally a gift to all of us. So We're going to get the good. We're going to get the bad. We're going to get the ugly. We're going to get the sad. We're going to get the happy. And hopefully above all else, it was really a therapy session for her. So, so excited. Brittany, this has been such a joy. Thank you for joining us. We end our podcasts in the same way each week. Please fill in the sentence. Janet Jackson's Black is iconic because. Okay. Janet Jackson's Black is iconic because she has never been anyone but Janet Jackson, no matter what anyone has wanted her to be. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, this has been so much Thank fun. Thank you so much. This is fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The Table is Ours is produced by us, Kirby Dixon and Amira Lawali. This episode was also produced by McKamey Lynn and Aisha Jordan and edited by Melissa Kaplan. Our researcher is Emma Fredericks. Our executive producers are Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. The Table is Ours was created by Lifetime. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.